So nice to see you all, and it's a privilege and an honor to be here. Uh, in fact, I didn't discuss this with Pastor, uh, but the week that Pastor told me uh, to share, it was two months, I think more, around two months ago. Uh, that week, I was ready to give up. And uh, instead of giving up, I said, God, I put it in your hands. Whatever plan you have for me, I put it in your hands. I know you have the best. Whatever you want me to do for you. It was ministry related. I was, I was thinking, what am I doing for God? And I, I just gave it up to God. And that very week, Pastor called me and said, Jude, I want you to preach. So God is a good God. I really thank God for this opportunity. And I thank pastors for this opportunity because, uh, you know, it's the heart, heart of a father that they have. Before I start the message, the joy of not giving up, uh, there are two things I need to tell the church. Again, this was not planned. This just came up last two days. And uh, even before I say that, Vandana went through my message last night. I was hiding it from her. <laughs> you know, I was try really trying to hide. She's like, what are, what are you teaching? Let me do the presentation. Let me do the... I said, no, no, no. You're going to hear it on the stage. But she went through it last night and then started thinking about it the whole night. And morning, she started giving me feedback. So, but yeah, God is a good God and the devil is a bad devil. Yes. Amen. So before I start, uh, there are two things I, I really want to say. Um, one thing is always, always uh, remember your pastors, our pastors, pray for them. Every day morning when we wake up, pray for our spouse, pray for our children, pray for our parents. Never forget, pray for our pastors, for their family. Because uh, the Bible says in Zechariah 13:7, strike the shepherd and the sheep are scattered. So it's very important as a church, we need to pray, stand with our pastors and pray for them and trust God that God will protect them and, you know, lift them up and bless them in every way. It's very important because uh, even as we, as they shepherd us and we are under their covering or under their wings, Satan knows and the attack is always strongest on them. So I want to encourage the church, do not forget, always pray for your pastors, pray for our pastors, Pastor Livia, Pastor Clinton, Zoe, Ilana, they're precious. Their whole family is precious, so pray for them. The second thing I want to say uh, before I start the message, again, Pastor, sorry, you don't know about this. Uh, second thing I want to say is, um, even before I came to Hope DXP, the Lord spoke to me and taught me one thing to bless our pastors. And so uh, in the Old Testament, it says a tithe of a tithe. Always a tithe of a tithe was given to the chief priest. So I started doing this in my old church, the church that I used to go to before. I used to always bless my pastors, a tithe of a tithe, every month. So if I get 10,000 dirhams, 1,000 dirhams is a tithe, 100 dirhams is a tithe of a tithe. Okay? So I used to bless my pastor every month, 100 dirhams, or whatever is the salary, a tithe of a tithe. And there came a time when um, I'm a finance guy, finance background, so um, there was a time, I have three sisters, so I wanted to bless my three sisters of, with 20 grams of gold. I wanted to buy each one of them, 20 grams. So I did the math, five grams a month, 12 months, 60 grams, I can, you know, bless them. And where do I get this money from? 
I remember the tithe of the tithe. I said, okay, I'll stop giving my pastor. I'm going to add some more and buy the gold. And that very same day God spoke to me from the word of God, do not do it. Give your pastors, don't stop blessing them. Uh, but being a finance guy, I thought I knew better. I stopped. I took the money out, bought five grams religiously. 13, uh, it took me 12 months or 13 months. Bought the gold, blessed my sisters. The month after I bought the last five grams, gold price dropped. <laughs> I did the math. If I had blessed my pastors, I would have still had enough money to buy the 60 grams. So you understood? So that's why I want to encourage you. We honor God with our tithes. Honor our pastors with a tithe of a tithe. That's the minimum. Bless them. Honor them, you know. Because they are the ones who are standing in between and praying for us and fighting for us and teaching us and investing into our lives. So once again, pastor didn't tell me anything. This is from my heart. I just thought I'll share. Let me, yeah. I'm sorry again. My bad, it's my first time. Ashika, thank you, but it's my mistake. So uh, I have four points to share. The first point is Jesus loves us. You know, growing up in a Christian family, we always hear this word, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. And going to kids' church or Sunday school, the first, whenever the teacher says, okay, quiz time, memory verse time, the first verse that I say, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. You know, that's the first thing we, we learn. We sing about the love of Jesus. We talk about the love of Jesus. We preach, we hear it again and again. We have posters about the love of Jesus. We have, and so what happens is over a period of time, we become numb to the word or to the love of Jesus. We take it for granted. Only when we see some blessing or some prosperity or some promotion, we think about the love of Jesus. We say, oh yeah, Jesus loves me. But when we go through trials, we go through struggles, we go through difficult times, at that time, it's very difficult to think about the love of Jesus or even know that Jesus loves us. And even if we want to think, there are a lot of other thoughts or other emotions. There's anger, there's bitter, there's frustration. And these emotions, they cloud us and they don't allow us to see the love of Jesus. And also you see that Satan puts this thought that Jesus doesn't love you. That's the constant thought, the first lie that comes to our mind when we go through struggles or trials, Jesus doesn't love you. If he really loved you, you would not be seeing this or you would not be going through this. In fact, if you read uh, Psalms 139, uh, the whole chapter talks about uh, the love of Jesus. It says, verse 7, I, I want to read. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. What's King David saying? Even if I go to heavens, that's the best place to be. The love of Jesus is there. Or if I go to the worst place, that's death. The love of Jesus is there. So never forget, the love of Jesus is there with us. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. Imagine if God is thinking of us so much that we cannot number the thoughts that he has. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grain of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Hallelujah. Uh, recently, I saw this gentleman. I will not name him. He had such nice hair on his head. And I, I'm this guy, you know, if I see someone with a big bungalow, I think, 
God, you can also give me a big bungalow, you know? So I saw this guy, gentleman with nice hair, and I said, God, <laughs> my hair. <laughs> I, you can give me this nice hair. And so, you know, sometimes you ponder on these thoughts. So it took me a week of thinking about this gentleman with nice hair and, <laughs> and you know. And uh, I remember this verse where it says, even the hair on our head are counted. And that really shook me up. Like every time I lose a hair, God remembers me. <laughs> so you know how many times God is thinking about me. He knows the number of hair. But God is so good. He loves us so much. Eight, uh, Psalms 8 verses, what is mankind that you are mindful of him? Human beings that you care for them, you know? So God is so mindful of us, whatever situation we go through, whatever circumstances, he is there with us. Amen. Amen. And that's why it says the joy of not giving up. Don't give up because God is with you. What else do you want? He loves you. What else do you want? There's nothing more that we need. And finally, I want to say, are we mindful of God? In whatever situation we go through, are we mindful? Are we thinking about God? What are our thoughts towards God? Always remember that God is with you. No matter what, no matter where we are, Jesus loves you and Jesus is with you. Amen. Amen. Sorry again. It says the elder brother syndrome. Okay. So many, of, many a times when we hear the message, have you all heard the story of the prodigal son? Prodigal son. Okay, so this son, it's written in Luke 15, 11 to 32. The, the second son, he was the youngest son. He took all his share of wealth. He left his dad. He went away, you know, squandered all the money, wasted all the money. Finally ended in the pig's tie. And then he comes back to his dad. And his dad goes and he hugs him. He puts a ring. He puts a garment. He makes the party. It's a wonderful party. And every time when we go to church or in Sunday school, they always talk about the prodigal son. And I used to always think, God, I'm not the prodigal son. I'm the elder son. I'm there in church. I'm there doing my things. And what is the word for me? You know? So I just put it as the good. What is the good about the elder son? He's loyal, he's faithful, he's committed, he gets the job done, he's dependable, hardworking, he's found in church, you know? And usually 95% of the people in church are the elder son. Yes, Pastor? They're not the prodigal son. There's one, maybe, maybe once or twice in our life, we might become the prodigal son. We might go through that. But usually we are the elder son. Okay? And what is the bad about this son? He's critical of the lost sheep. His younger brother, what is he doing? Why is he doing like this? Why is he spoiling my dad's name? Why is he leaving church and going? You know? And feeling of, yeah, and this is another bad thing. When they see the pastor or the, the leaders in the church, they give more attention towards the prodigal son, the lost son. And they feel, oh, I did all this and pastor is appreciating. Not you, pastor. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I, I am there in church. This guy is sick. He didn't come for worship practice. He didn't come for setting up this chair. I was there. I have called, my wife has called, and I was still there in church. And this guy doesn't come, and pastor praises him, you know? These are the thoughts in the elder sons. Am I saying wrong or am I right? Correct. Correct, Correct. yeah? And Satan loves it. The minute those thoughts come into your mind, he's there. He's saying, yeah, you're right, you're right. Look at it. Look at pastor. Look at how he's hugging that person. Look at how he's 
you know, praising that person. These are the thoughts that Satan brings. And if we don't bind and rebuke those thoughts at the beginning, they build up, they build up, they build up to a point where we cannot see eye to eye. We cannot go to that church. We cannot do what God has asked us to do. Um, yeah. So even if you look at the parable of the lost sheep, 99 sheep, one sheep, the shepherd leaves 99, goes after the one sheep. And, you know, if it was before Adam and Eve sinned, the 99 sheep would be happy. It's okay, we are fed, we are taken care of, everything's fine. If the shepherd has gone after the one sheep, it's fine. But after Adam and Eve ate the fruit, we all have minds. And it's, oh, pastor has gone after that one sheep. What about us? We are all here. Why not a party for us? Why for that? These are the thoughts. The jealousy, the spirit of jealousy comes up. So it's very important for each one of us. We need to develop the heart of a father, the heart of a shepherd. You know? uh, the heart of a father always is, it longs after the person who's lost. It longs after that sheep. And even as we are elder brothers and we are being groomed, you know, we need to have that heart of a father or heart of a shepherd. If you look at the last verse, it says, uh, Luke 15, 31, God, uh, the father speaks to the, the elder son. He says, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Amen? Everything that the father has is for us because you are the elder son. You have been faithful. You have been doing what God has called you to do. You have been there and God sees it. He knows it and everything that he has is for you. So, but still we need to celebrate and be glad when the lost sheep or the lost brother is back. So I want to encourage everyone and reject those negative thoughts. Cancel those thoughts. Rebuke the spirits that's speaking to you and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of not giving up. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And I know the reward is from heaven. The reward is from God. And I know that God has the best for me. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Okay, I also uh, I want to share my testimony of how the Lord uh, touched me and healed me. Uh, when I was in second standard or third standard, we were uh, in Kuwait and uh, this is one fine day. We were planning a picnic and I was walking around the house and I started falling down. I couldn't walk straight. And uh, my mom called a nurse in the building. The nurse came and she asked me to shake her hand. And when I tried to shake her hand, she was not giving me a hand. She was just lifting and my hand also fell down. And I was paralyzed in one hand, my right hand and right leg, completely paralyzed, couldn't uh, move them. And they took me to the doctor hospital and they diagnosed me with brain tumor. I was diagnosed with brain tumor. Uh, my dad, my mom, they were all very upset. They, they didn't know what to do. They were praying, the church was praying, and uh, I was admitted in the hospital uh, taking steroids and different uh, injections. And the doctor said, uh, either take me back to India or take me to US to get me operated and remove the tumor. And uh, actually a few years before that, my mom's mom, she was also diagnosed with brain tumor and she passed away. I, I'm not sure if they did an operation or they removed it, but she still passed away from brain tumor. So it was very difficult and it was a difficult time for my parents. And the Lord spoke to my dad from James chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. 
If anyone is sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will, the Lord will raise them up. If you have sinned, they will, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Pray for the righteous person. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So when the Lord spoke to my dad through this verse, he called the elders of the church. They all came and I remember that day because uh, imagine there are 20 people around you, all their hands are on your head. And you know, I was seven or eight years old. And after some time, they cannot hold their hands. So all the weight is on your head, you know. <laughs> so I next started painting, but, but they prayed for me. Each one of them prayed for me. And, and after that, the tumor disappeared. I was completely healed. Wow. No tumor. God is a healer. Hallelujah. And so you can see me today. I am fat because of the steroids. I blame it on the steroids. <laughs> but uh, God really healed me that day. And so I just wanted to do this thing as a step of faith. If there's anyone who is sick here, I want all eyes closed. If there's someone sick, we're going to pray together. We're going to ask God to touch us and heal us. Um, Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, uh, For he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. John uh, chapter 9 verses 1 to 7 talks about the blind man. And um, the disciples ask, who sinned? Was it the father's sin or his sin that he became sick? But Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Proverbs 3, 7 to 8 says, Do not be wise in your own ways. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring good health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So I'm just going to take this few moments and we're going to pray and we're going to ask Jesus if there is someone here who is sick, if you're feeling anything that's not well with you, just if you want to raise up your hand or you want to put your hand where you're sick, and we're just going to take a few moments and pray and ask the Lord to touch us and heal us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Father, I pray, Lord, that your word says, by your stripes we are healed, O Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, that every person here, Lord, who is sick, whoever has a disease or a sickness, Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will touch them and heal them, Lord. Lord, if it is a sin that we have done, we ask you to forgive us, O Lord. Lord, if it is sins of our fathers or our forefathers, we pray that you will forgive us, O Lord Jesus. Lord, we rebuke every curse in the name of Jesus. We rebuke every spirit of uh, iniquity or any, any spirit of sickness or disease, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We release your healing from heaven, Lord, that you will come and heal your children, O Lord. Heal each one of us, O Lord Jesus so that we will testify of your goodness and of your love, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to share one more testimony because it's important that uh, when we go through certain sicknesses, we don't get healing immediately. Not always the healing is immediate. Sometimes it takes a period of time. Uh, so there was this time in my life and, uh, where I used to constantly get cough. You know, I used to have these episodes of cough. And after coughing, coughing, uh, my throat clears up, I vomit, throat clears up, and then it gets better. And this episode used to be once a month, then it became once a week, then it became thrice a week. 
I wake up in the morning and then suddenly I start coughing, coughing, coughing. You know, and uh, this was there for a period of time. I went to so many doctors. I was, I was trying to figure out which doctor to go to and who would diagnose me correctly, you know. And, and all the doctors said, do you have fever? I said, no. Then you're perfectly all right. There's nothing wrong with you. Nobody could give me a medicine or a treatment. And I was really frustrated because this was happening at least uh, three times a week. And uh, so what I did was every time when I start coughing, I start, thank I start saying, God, touch me, heal me, heal me, Lord, heal me of this cough. And then I changed my prayer. I said, Lord, thank you for this cough. I thank you, Lord, that you're healing me. I thank you, Lord, for healing me completely. I started praying this continuously. And then one day I went to this uh, party. It was, a, it was someone's anniversary. And uh, Pastor Nikki was there. So after the anniversary, started driving back home and just then the episode started, I started coughing. And I had to really stop my car on the side and I got out of the car and then everything came out. And that's it, I was completely healed. Hallelujah. God is our healer. So I just want to say, you know, don't give up. Maybe you're going through some sickness or some disease. Don't give up, just thank the Lord for healing. Thank the Lord for delivering you and healing you and he will surely heal you. Uh, there's also one more testimony I want to share about. Uh, this, there was this lady uh, in Co South Korea, Pauli Cho's church, Pastor Pauli Cho's church. Uh, she had one leg longer than the other leg, okay? And she used to always limp, and as she was growing older, she used to have back pain and other complications. And every time when someone comes and says, okay, anyone needs healing, prayer, she would go up for prayer. And every time it was the same story, she'll come back, she's still limping. And one day one pastor said, uh, someone's receiving their healing now. Whoever it is, come up in front. And she stood up and she said, it's me, it's me, it's me. And the son is saying, mom, you're still limping. Wow, sit down, sit down. She said, no, I'm going ahead. I have received the healing. So she limped all the way to the front. The pastor prayed. She limped all the way back home. But she said, no, I'm healed. She received the healing. That night, her leg grew in her sleep. Amen. So don't give up. Whatever is the sickness, whatever it is, trust God. Just give it into God's hands and he will touch you and heal you. And yeah, so the, I think that's my last point. The last point I want to share is Jesus is coming back soon. That's another thing we hear uh, often and we We've kind of put it in the back burner. Uh, my aunt, my dad's sister, whenever when we were kids, she used to every time meet us and say, Judah, Jesus is coming back soon. Jude, Jesus is coming back soon. You have to pray. Pray for this person. Pray for that person. Pray for that person. Pray that God will touch them. Pray that they will receive salvation. And it's been 30 years, you know, and Jesus has not come back. And they've been telling this from the time that Jesus was on this earth, that Jesus is coming back soon. And so over a period of time, we have kind of forgotten it. We have like, okay, he's coming back soon, but maybe our great-grandchildren are going to see it, not us, you know. But I want to tell you, and I want to encourage the church, Jesus is coming back soon. Uh, and uh, it's, it's happening in front of our eyes. If you look at uh, what's happening in the world, the technology that's coming up, um, the, the, the happenings, the wars. And so I just looked at Ma Matthew 24, uh, talks about the beginning of the end and the end. 
I've just listed some points here. If you see, many will come claiming they are the Messiah. Wars and rumors of war, famines and earthquakes, pure persecution and death for Christians will be hated by all because of Jesus. Many false prophets, increase of wickedness and the love of most will grow cold and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. If you ask me, we can tick out all these boxes or at least uh, except one or two, maybe all the boxes we can tick out in this and say, this is all happening, yes? Do we all see this happening? Yes. And so we are already in that stage of the last. And then if you look at what's going to happen in the end, the abomination that causes desolation in the holy place, which is Jerusalem. Great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be repeated again. Uh, famines and earthquakes. The sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall. So this is all what are going to happen. In fact, if you see... The, uh, there's this country that's already changing the Bible. They're already uh, replacing the words from the Bible to suit uh, their needs. And so it, all it takes is just one click of the button. You get an update on your mobile, update, Bible. Huh? So we have to be careful. We need to be vigilant. We need to be prayerful. And we should not lose out on what God has for us. Yeah, so the Bible says the one who stands firm to the end. So I want to encourage the church in these end times. Prepare your hearts, guard your hearts. Teach your children because the world is getting to them. If you look at America, what's happening in the world, especially in America and the Western nations, look at what's happening in the last three, four weeks since the war in uh, Israel. Everywhere, there is a lot of hatred that's happening. And all it takes is uh, 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 a news to come out and say for them to turn their hatred towards us. It is there in their hearts. Just has to turn from one nation against uh, children of God. So uh, we need to be vigilant. We need to guard our hearts and we need to pray. These are times of prayer. Stand together and pray. Pray, pray, pray because God is coming soon and we need to be ready. And finally, I want to say someone said this and really touched my heart. Uh, each of us have 75 summers, 75 uh, winters, 75 springs, 75 autumns. Bible says 70 years or 80 years, you know. So each of us, let's say the average, 75. What are we doing for the Lord? We just have 75. If you put it that way, I'm 42. That means how many more years I have? Someone's 30, how many more years? Or someone's 50, how many more years you have? Let's use this time to finish what God has called us. We need to do what God has called us to do and we need to complete it you know, because God is coming soon. Second Timothy 4, 7 to 8, it says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Now therefore is in the now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for it. We want this to be fulfilled in each of our lives. I really pray and ask the Lord, Lord, when I come to heaven, I want you to look at me and say, this is my beloved son. He has completed what I've told him to do, what I've tasked him to do. And this should be our prayer. All of us have to pray and say, God, I need to complete the race. I need to finish what you have given. So there's an urgency in each of our lives. We need to finish what the Lord has called us to do. Amen? God bless you.